Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Gracias. Merci. Spasiba. Danke. Kitos. There's a lot of ways to say thank you in this world. And I actually knew all those in my own head. I don't know about you. You might know some other ones. But every language, every culture has a way to express gratitude. It's important. Saying thank you expresses your deep gratitude for someone else. When I say thank you to someone, what I'm saying is I noticed that you did something whether it be for me or somebody else, and, and I appreciated that. And so I express my gratitude to you. And this is beneficial for the person that I'm saying thank you to because it's offered to them as a kind of compliment, but also as an encouragement saying, continue to do those sorts of things. But say, saying thank you is also a benefit for me. Because it changes my heart and my mind out of my natural, sinful, selfish self. <laughs> and it focuses the attention on someone else with gratitude. Today we are turning our attention to the book of Philippians. In the Bible, for the next four weeks. Now we call Philippians a book but it's not really a book. It's actually a letter. It's a letter from Paul, the apostle, to a church in Philippi. Philippi is in modern-day Greece. You can see Jerusalem down in the, the far right-hand corner where Paul had originated from. Paul had previously traveled to Philippi where he had proclaimed the good news of Jesus to people who had never heard it before. And those people in Philippi, we get the sense that the gospel took root in that city of Philippi. And, and leaders were raised up and the church was established there. And the church in Philippi thrived and they continuously supported Paul in his ongoing mission work and they supported the church in Jerusalem as well. Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi to thank them for a financial gift that they have sent him while he is in prison. Not in prison in Philippi, likely probably in prison in Rome. And he writes them to express his gratitude for their support, and he writes to them to encourage them in their Christian faith. So Philippians is not really like a book, it's more like a thank you letter. Philippians begins in verse 3 with Paul expressing gratitude. He says essentially, thank you. Thank you. But who is Paul directing his thanks towards? Yes, he's very thankful for the church. But he directs his thanks to God. I thank my God. 
in all of my remembrance of you. I thank my God. So we get the sense here that all of our thanks should originate with God, who is the giver of all things. So all thanks and gratitude goes to God first and then is spread to others. I thank my God for you. I, I told you uh, how to say thank you in a variety of different languages, and perhaps you know other languages, but in the Greek language that Philippians is written in, uh, which Paul and the Philippian people would have spoken at this time, the Greek word for thank you is the word Eucharist. Eucharist. Maybe you've heard the word Eucharist before, you're like, what is that again? Well, it's in reference to the Lord's Supper. Sometimes the Lord's Supper is called the Eucharist because it's a, a thank you meal to God for giving us the gift of life. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Each week during this sermon series, we're going to, we're going to go chapter by chapter. So today we're, we're looking at all of Philippians chapter 1. Next week will be all of Philippians chapter 2. And each week we're going to notice how it is that Paul expresses his gratitude. And in particular today, what I want you to hear is that Paul is thankful for joy. Paul gives God thanks for joy. And in chapter 1, we see a variety of reasons that Paul gives God thanks for joy. The things that bring him joy. We're going to look at three of them today. We'll take them one at a time, but here are all three. Thank you, God, for the joy that comes from the support of other people, verses 3 through 11. Thank you, God, for the joy that comes in proclaiming Christ, that's in verses 12 through 18. And thank you, God, for the joy that it is to live in you, Christ, it's verses 18 through 30. Again, we'll look at all of these in particular, one at a time. So first of all, thank you for the joy that comes from the support of other people. Paul is saying in these first 11 verses, he's writing this letter to the church in Philippi. Again, he had spent time with them, started a church there. It's been years now since he's been with them, but they've been encouragers and supporters of his. And so he's writing to them to express his gratitude for their support, for their partnership in the gospel. He says essentially, it doesn't matter my life situation, whether I am in prison or whether I'm free and proclaiming the gospel, you have supported me and encouraged me, and I am thankful for that. You bring me joy. I pray that you have people in your life that support you, that walk with you, that tend to you, that encourage you, that build you up, in particular in your walk with Jesus. I pray that you have people who walk with you in Jesus and build you up with Jesus, even beyond just Pastor Kevin and Marcus and myself. I pray that you are surrounded with a cloud of witnesses building you up in your walk with Jesus. I can say for myself, honestly, that this church Saints Peter and Paul, for the last 12 years of my life, I, I echo Paul's gratitude for that church in Philippi. I can say the same thing to you people of God. I thank God 
for you, for your support and encouragement of me as your pastor. This work of the ministry, it's hard in and of itself, but it can also sometimes be lonely and isolating. Sometimes you feel like you're on an island, or I do, speaking words in a world that doesn't want to hear it, speaking words to a people who live in this world and who are surrounded constantly by the word of this world, and the word of the gospel is contrary to that. And sometimes I wonder, does anything I say or do make a difference in people's lives? Does it affect your minds or your hearts or your lips or your hands as you go? Does does it have any impact on the world? Sometimes I wonder these things. But then I hear from you, and you tell me, yes, it does. Yes, the encouragement, yes, the gospel has changed my life. Yes, yes, yes. And so I thank you for your encouragement and your support, in particular over the last couple of years. When this world's been chaotic and, and, and decisions that we've had to make that, that affect your lives and in this church have not been easy decisions to make. We've had to make decisions that, that are not a win-win situation and, and affect your lives. And yet the whole time I felt nothing but the support and the encouragement from you all and I give God thanks for that support. I echo, like Paul, I can say thank you, God, for the people of Saints Peter and Paul, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It is my joy to be one of your pastors, and your support and encouragement brings me joy. So who's been in your corner supporting you in your life of faith? Who's been in your corner building you up in Christ? Today we have thank you notes to give you. Some of you maybe saw them on the way in. On the way out of church today, we've got a table. I want every one of you to take a thank you note. And this week, I want you to write a thank you note to someone who has encouraged you and built you up in your walk with Jesus Christ. Tell them what it is that they've done for you, how they spoke or lived Jesus into your life. And write to them expressing that their support and encouragement of you brings you great joy. Can you do that this week? Pick up a card on the way out. And throughout this sermon series, we're going to give you thank you cards at different points and also uh, direct the way that we we want you to give thanks uh, to certain people. Uh, And so pay attention to that. But this week, write a thank you note to somebody who's walked with you and supported you in your Christian faith. There is great joy in having people support you in your walk with Christ. That's why God gave us this church here on earth, and that's why God has surrounded us with one another. And so I encourage you again, write that thank you note this week. All right. The second reason that Paul gives God thanks for joy is in the ability to proclaim Christ. Verses 12 through 18 Here's what Paul says. Paul is writing this letter. If I didn't say it already, he's writing this letter from prison. From prison, from a Roman prison. Being in Roman prison was no joke. 
It was not easygoing. But essentially what Paul says in this section is, yeah, I'm in prison, but eh, it's all right. It's okay, because while I'm in prison, I'm able to proclaim God's word. I'm able to speak God's word. The guards and the soldiers are coming to know about Jesus. That's good, right? And he says, even the, the, your brothers and sisters in Christ that are, that are around me, that are free, that are not in prison, well, guess what? They are seeing my witness and my boldness in the gospel, and they are becoming even more bold in their gospel proclamation themselves. So, yeah, I'm in prison, but I have the opportunity to proclaim Christ. And Paul says in verse 18, Christ is proclaimed, therefore I rejoice. Christ is proclaimed, therefore I rejoice. What else do you want? If Christ is proclaimed, I'm going to rejoice. If Christ is proclaimed, I'm going to rejoice. And finally, in the last section, Paul says, thank you for the joy that there is to live in Christ. There's joy to live in Christ. Paul writes to them in this section, and he, he says, I don't really know how this imprisonment's going to shake out. I might get executed. I might be set free. He says, I'm pretty optimistic I'm going to be set free, but I might get executed. And so he says, if I get executed, well, that's not so bad, because I'll be with Jesus. That's good for me but not so good for you. See, if I get set free, that's good for you because I'll continue to proclaim Christ and, and, and thereby uh, help you to continue to progress in your faith and that your joy, that you may have joy in faith. That's what he says in verse 25. I want to be released so that I can help you to have the joy in Jesus. Paul understands that staying alive in Christ will not be easy for him in this world. By the point that he's written these words, he's already been in prison multiple times. We read it in Acts chapter 16, the very first time that he went to Philippi. He got beaten in the streets and thrown into prison. He and Silas, his friend, both beaten for Christ, thrown into prison for Christ. But through those events, through a miracle working of God, what was Paul able to do? He baptized the jailer. He baptized the jailer's whole family. And so Paul's like, if I'm in prison, the gospel is proclaimed. I don't care where I am, I'll proclaim Christ. But Paul is saying, he's, he's reminding us that living in Christ is not going to be easy. Living in Christ does not mean that everything's going to be perfect. Paul's actually demonstrating that the opposite is often true. There will be suffering. There will be pain. There actually will be people who do not like you because you confessed Christ. Paul teaches us 
here in the way that he models Christian suffering, that the way we suffer for Christ is actually the greatest witness to the world. Because when the world attacks and we stand firm in the gospel and proclaim Jesus anyways, the world notices that. And so the way that you suffer and endure for the sake of Christ is probably the greatest witness that you have to this world. So remain steadfast in Christ and you will have joy. That's what Paul is saying. You can have joy even in the midst of the suffering because you know Jesus and you know life and you know what awaits you. And Paul says that's worth it. In Jesus you can have joy. I echo Paul's sentiment here. Because what Paul is really desiring is to see the infectious joy of Jesus take root in people and change their lives. I have seen this with my very own eyes many times. And I'll tell you, to see the joy of Jesus take root in someone's life brings me incredible joy. Just the other day, a man reached out to me. He's been living in the depths of despair. Squandering away life in reckless living. In all the areas that you can imagine. Just fill in the blank, he's been there. Been in the depths of darkness. He reached out to me because he felt like God was reaching out to him and shining light into his darkness and exposing that darkness. And he felt God calling him back. So I met with this man. We prayed together. He said, I haven't prayed in over a year. We read scripture together. He said, I don't know the last time I opened a Bible. I reminded him of his father's compassion and open, loving arms. I told him about the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I told him about how all of his sins have been washed away. I reminded him that not only have his sins been forgiven, but that Jesus can also take away the shame associated with it. And this man said to me, I want my life to change. I want to follow Jesus. And he said to me, I, I'm a little bit nervous though. I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit uncertain because I, I don't know what lies ahead. I only know what's been behind. But he said in the midst of being nervous and a little bit afraid, he said, but I am full of joy. His own words. I didn't talk about joy. We didn't read Philippians. I didn't mention this sermon series. God spoke that into his heart. He said, I, I don't know, but I know that there's joy in me right now. I'll tell you what, hearing the joy of Jesus take root in his life gave me immense joy because I know that Jesus can change lives. This is what Paul is giving thanks for is that in this life, no matter what comes from the highest of heights to the lowest of lows, the one thing constant, the one thing we need to know is the joy of following Jesus. My friends, as one of your pastors, I rejoice. 
I rejoice in the support that I have with you, that you are partakers with me in this gospel. I rejoice that Christ is proclaimed in not only this place, but in your lives and out into the world. And I rejoice that we get to live alive in Christ together. That's our mission here at Saints Peter and Paul. We want to be a place that helps people live alive in Christ. And we believe that comes through this proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation and forgiveness, that that joy will take root in your lives and be lived out in truth and purity. Now this does not mean, again, that life's always going to be perfect and nice and tidy. As a matter of fact, often it means the opposite. But I pray if you hear one thing today, hear me tell you that joy is possible because Jesus is real. Joy is possible in your life because Jesus is real in your life. I pray again this week that you will take notice of all the ways you can give God thanks. And in particular, a reminder, you're going to take a thank you note and you're going to write a note this week to somebody who's encouraged you, supported you, and built you up in your walk with Jesus. Go with the joy of Jesus in his name. Amen.